Hallo allerseits. Die erste Person, die ich jemals interviewt habe, war ein Anwalt für behinderte Rechte namens Chris Koch. Er kommt aus Alberta, Kanada. Er wurde ohne Arme oder Beine geboren, führte aber dennoch ein unglaublich erfolgreiches und erfülltes Leben. Er reist mit seinem Skateboard um die Welt und macht Vortragsreisen, die jeden dazu ermutigen, sein Leben in Wollen zu gehen zu leben. Ich bin der Meinung, dass seine Botschaft heute bei allem, was gerade in der Welt, wo sich geht, besonders wichtig ist. Es ist eine Botschaft, die besagt, dass wir die Welt zum Besseren bewegen können, wenn wir unsere Differenzen beiseite legen und uns vereinen. So, I'm Josh Downey. I was born in 2000 Sydney, Australia. At the age of two, I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And, I, and I've gone through many events, both good and bad, and half of which I feel like I have managed to come out of it with a new understanding of myself and the world around me. And the other half, I'm still trying to work on that. And um, but I'm still looking for answers. Just recently, and which have which has led me to just recently joining the Model United Nations here at school, which is a big community, so I can raise awareness about the disabled community and you know represent them in global affairs and um so and today i hear that i would like to hear about how your disability affects you both mentally and physically and the people around you so first question how how, how do you spread awareness about having or living with it, your disability and this is something i would like to learn more about yeah i guess uh several ways um that i'll spread awareness um, I guess the obviously the, the one biggest thing is through the presentations that I do. Um, I guess you know just talking to people, um, telling them my story. Uh, and, and I guess you know when you for me, I, I get a lot of questions. I get stares all the time. You know every single reaction you could possibly think of I've, to my having no arms and legs. I've I've had and it doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, it's, it's, and that's first of all, first and foremost in that, it's being comfortable in your own skin, being confident in who you are, proud of who you are, not worrying about, you know, that person staring or what kind of questions are they going to ask? Are they going to be rude about it? Hopefully not. Um, and you know, when, when people do say something that might be construed as inconsiderate or rude or insensitive, um, I, I do firmly believe that they, you know, they didn't intend to, um. So, you know, maybe it's a lack of education. So then I'll take it upon myself to answer questions. And I am more than happy to take a couple minutes, answer a couple questions, and give people the right answer than for someone to make an incorrect assumption. Um, so I'm sure people have made incorrect assumptions about 
you and your abilities, because uh, there's been a lot of people that have made incorrect assumptions about me mm-hmm. and my abilities, and or even just the quality of life that I have. You know, there's a lot of people that will you know try and give me money under the assumption that you know I need it because I'm not able to work or whatever, and it's you know that's couldn't be farther. There's other times where people give me money um, just because. You know, I've kind of given them a little bit of perspective on life and, you know, thank you. Just seeing you with a smile on your face, you know, doing your thing just gave me that, mm-hmm. you know, little proverbial kick in the butt to not feel sorry for myself. <laughs> but back to your, back to your question. So presentations, answering questions, and then honestly, the easiest one, and I think the most uh, efficient is just doing, doing my thing. And doing it with a big smile on my face, um, you know. So when people see me, you know, skateboarding around the city of Basel or climbing up a set of stairs without needing any assistance, I think it just really, oh wow. And then, and then internationally, when you're in a country like Nepal or Cambodia, where people with disabilities are sort of, you know, cast aside, I think it's, you know, they're seeing a person with a disability in a completely different light. Mm-hmm. So I think that. Uh, I'm a, I talk a lot, so this could be a really long interview. Yeah, just like, Did you pack a lunch? Uh, oh, don't worry. I'll have my ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> so, okay. and, and that is another thing. A good sense of humor will make a huge difference to the people that you meet, yeah. as well as for yourself. It keeps you in a lighter mood, especially <laughs> in the down days. It's nice to be able to laugh. It's yeah. important to be able to laugh. Yeah. So... so. So, okay, so, so because I'm doing a personal project on the link between my disability and mental disorders, so, and I was interested, growing up without, because I know that um, everything's somewhat, somewhat psychological, simultaneously biological, but, so growing up without arms and legs, how did it affect you mentally? Like, did you go, did you think differently to everyone else? Did you go through, like, certain, like, mental conditions? Yeah, I mean... Everybody does, you know, with or without a disability. Uh, you know, I have a good friend, and she was on, I don't know if it's on TV or was on TV over here, but uh, America's Next Top Model. So, I mean, she, she was in the second season. She finished second or third. She's beautiful. Yet, she suffers from depression and is always looking in the mirror, you know, worried, judging so it doesn't matter who you are you have those moments um yeah for me there are times when things aren't going my way i'm having a bad day one of those days where it seems like everything you do goes wrong if it wasn't for bad luck you'd have no luck at all and yeah i have those moments where i think you know what i this sucks why why couldn't i have arms and legs if i had arms and legs life would be easier but you know that's where up here is the strongest you know that six inches of space between the ears is you know your biggest obstacle in your life but it can also be the strongest muscle you have in your body um if you have things right up here um it doesn't matter if you have arms and legs uh it makes the fact that i'm missing arms and legs absolutely moot um you know if i if i think about what i do have and it's you know big heart good head on my shoulders endless determination with that anything's possible and and that goes back to just being comfortable in your own skin and being happy with who you are 
Um, and I guess, you know, when I am having those down days, I think, all right, well, I have an amazing job that I love. I get to travel the world, meet incredible people, done some cool stuff, have an incredible supporting family, friends, you know, two nephews and a niece that I absolutely love to death, try and spend as much time with them as I possibly can. Uh, so that's the stuff that you have to, you know, concentrate on. Because when you're in a when you're in a negative space, uh, it seems like all the all the failures build up, and there's no wins. So giving yourself those little wins yeah. are, is very important too. Yeah, and that leads into my next question. Um, at growing up, um, um, well, first of all, how much support like these days did you receive throughout your child? Like even throughout your childhood, how much support did you receive from family, friends, the community? Like, um, so the community, your school, your health, like probably childhood friends that you had? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in a, in a pretty small town, uh, you know, 1,500 people. Uh, so everybody knew everybody, everybody knew me. Uh, they knew what I could do and what I maybe needed help with. So it was the perfect balance of, um, having help if I needed it, but also, uh, you know, stepping back and letting me, you know, do my thing. And, and I guess, you know, to rewind the clock to right from day one with my parents, they, they realized very early on that if they did everything for me, uh, they would actually be doing more harm than being of assistance. They knew that I needed to figure out how to do my stuff my way. You know, it's not like they could say, well, this is how you could get dressed. No, I had to figure out how Chris does it his way with the limbs that he has left. Um, and then also too, as I got older, there'd be times where I'd want to, you know, maybe cut some corners. Like, can you do this for me? <laughs> no, Chris, you can do that just fine. Like, get off your butt, do it yourself. So it was a perfect amount of, you know, having support, having assistance and, you know, leaving me. And that's actually support is a lot more beneficial than assistance in a lot of ways. Okay. For me, for me, it was kind of a different story, but we'll get to that because it's about you. So um, at home, well, these days, going back to the previous question, well, we live in the 21st century, a century full of technology at, at home. How much, like, what technology do you use to help you with your everyday life? Um, honestly, I have very, very little. Uh, you know, obviously going through university, you know, having a computer uh, to be able to access information and just write, you know, essays. I took history. So it's a lot of writing and a lot of reading. So... You know, to be able to eliminate having to go to the library and pull out 15 books to do a paper, uh, you know, pulling that off the internet was a lot easier. Uh, being able to type on the computer instead of writing longhand, yeah. although I can write that very, very neat handwriting, which is ironic. Um, and uh, I guess if you went to my apartment, um, you you would walk in there and not assume that a person with a disability was living there. Uh, so for me, I've always found if I can do as much as possible without adaptive technology, that makes the whole world accessible to me. If I have, you know, grab bars and stools and, and lifts and everything in my apartment, 
well, that does does me great at home, but what if I am on the other side of the world? I need somebody to bring all that stuff with me. So, yeah, being able to do without all that stuff, I find is beneficial to me because when I go over to a place like Cambodia, it's not very accessible at all, uh, but I can still get around. That being said, um, I do, and I'm starting to see the value in maybe uh, having some things at home just to make life easier because in the end of the day, you know, I'm, and same, you know, you can vouch for me on here, you know, understand where I'm coming from here. Um, takes a lot more energy to do everyday tasks. So you add up everything you have to do throughout the whole day. At the end of the day, pretty damn tired. So if you can kind of save yourself a little bit of energy and time, yeah, why not? Yes. And um, so do you, how do you think that the international, well, you've obviously done a lot of traveling, so how do you think the international community views the disabled community and what what can be done to improve that viewpoint if 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 it's if it's if we're viewed in a negative light yeah so um some of that is is cultural so like i said places like cambodia nepal you know people with disabilities are sort of cast to the side hidden what have you um and then you come to a place like you know, Europe, North America, down in Australia, you know, very, very accepting, and, and a, in a lot of ways, very uh, encouraging too. Especially, I've, I've found Australia to be some of the nicest, most encouraging people in the world. You know, <laughs> you know I, I won't use some of the language because they're often very vulgar with it, but, you know, like, oi, oi, mate, you know, bloody ripper, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, just you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's most of the time, it's great. Um, you know, there's, I guess, instances culturally and in, even instances in, you know, the more accepting cultures where some people are maybe a little bit ignorant or rude. But again, I, 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 I try and see the best in people and assume the best in people. And assume that they they're not trying to be rude. They are just maybe they just need education. So that goes back to just me doing my thing and showing people what I'm capable of doing. And this you know a smile, doing it with a smile on your face. That is the most disarming thing you can do. Uh, so if you are walking around, or in my case, rolling around, miserable, in a negative mindset. Uh, that energy on the inside is going to project on the outside. People are going to pick up on that and they're either going to want to stay away or that might kind of bring in negativity too. Whereas when you have a smile and that positive energy within, that projects on the outside and it brings it back into you as well. Yeah. And um, what do you think? Because like I'm in the end, you're trying to represent the disabled community. Well, at least I will be. Um, and um, and yeah, we and then stuff like the UN, we discuss you know global issues. So, what do you think that disabled people can do to protect their voice on political and global affairs that are probably affecting them in like third world countries and things like that? Oof. Modern <laughs> <laughs> question. Hmm. I guess. 
like anything, having strong, positive um, advocates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people like I'm gonna a great example, and I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but uh, you know, to to be for you to identify in uh, you know from a cerebral palsy uh, mindset or stance or point of view. Uh, there's a guy named Zach Anner. Have you ever heard of him? I think I have. He's uh, he's from he's from uh, from the states, I think Austin, Texas, and uh, he he well, he wrote a book, and it's hilarious. I've read it, and I highly recommend it, uh, purely for the name. It's uh, if at birth you don't succeed, and he's he's hilarious. <laughs> he's just got a great sense of humor. He has a video series on uh, on YouTube called Workout Wednesdays, where he goes on a treadmill. He you know goes up and down the stairs, and I mean you know things that he has a heck of a time doing, but he does it with a smile and and a good sense of humor. Yeah. Um, but having you know positive advocates like that that can a sort of put people at ease when dealing you know a person who is not disabled dealing with somebody or sort of even just the topic of disability. You know, put them at ease and feel like they don't have to, you know, walk on eggshells and say the wrong thing and and you know, uh, upset or or offend, um, but also just, just yeah, just the, just just to put it in a positive light, um, you know, well spoken, charismatic people, so the civil rights movement. You had Martin Luther King. Um, and he did wonders. You know, same with uh, Muhammad Ali, and you know, people like Zach Anner, uh, people like Nick Boychich, uh, people like uh, Kyle Maynard, Spencer West, uh, all you know, people with disabilities that are out there with a, a, a great voice, um, pushing for, I guess, uh, just just good advocates. Yeah, and um. And so, were you ever discriminated against going growing up, or like in people like in ignorant situations? Yeah. yeah. Um, like I've said before a couple times, uh, you know, I I try and believe in the best of people, and I don't think they were trying to be discriminate yeah. uh, out of rudeness um, or on purpose it was just a lack of education so yeah I worked for uh, worked for an airline in, in Canada mm-hmm. um, and it, it took a lot of convincing at first for them to believe that I could work at the airport and uh, and then even once I got the job you know adding extra duties to my repertoire uh, while at work was was a challenge uh, you know and and part of it is a is a we live in such a litigious society that they're worried that if I you know you know take uh, a guest who's flying with us from check-in counters to the boarding gates um, in a wheelchair that if I trip and fall um, you're gonna have a lawsuit. Well, why would you let a guy without arms and legs push a wheelchair? So when I did this job, I wore artificial legs, so I was a little bit taller, just to kind of give you that you know piece of information. Um, and my argument was, would be, well, what if, what if Kristen's working at the airport and she trips and, you know, 
a person is less apt to sue the airline if Kristen did it as if I did it. So it's, it's frustrating for that reason. Um, so yeah, there was instances like that or, or even, um, you know, I was flying, first time I flew to Asia, I'd already been to three other continents flying by myself and you know, the airline was, they didn't believe me when I said, you know, I, I could travel on my own. And I said, well, what if you have to go to the bathroom? I said, well, then I'll go to the bathroom. Well, how? Well, I'm not going to go into details about how, but trust me, I shouldn't just mess with them. I said, well, I just put newspaper on the floor and just go on the newspaper. And then I'll let you clean off. <laughs> but, you know, it's just little examples like that. And by the end of that flight, uh, honestly, the whole crew, even one of the pilots came up for the front. They wanted a picture with me. Oh. <laughs> so it's, it, so it's, it's being persistent. And, and yeah. not taking no for an answer. And then, but also not getting frustrated. Because uh, I think if you meet them with, with anger, they're going to push back and you're not going to get anywhere. So you really got to be patient. And sometimes you have to bite your tongue. Even though you want to <laughs> say something you know, laced with vicious rhetoric. <laughs> you can't. Because then you, then you end up looking like the jerk. Uh, when originally they were actually being the ones who uh, weren't uh, being fair, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. Josh, you've got just about five minutes left, okay? Oof. It's okay, we talked about that. You don't have to get to <laughs> yeah. so, well, we, so, do you have any questions for me during these uh -huh. last five minutes? Oh, well, hey, you know what? I could. Um, flip the script and ask you all these same questions. Uh, so tell me a little bit. I'm just going to go back to the question because I can't remember them all. But I guess that would be, so as far as you know, discrimination um, and people you know, questioning your ability, have you had, is there any that stick out? Yes, well, actually, um, especially during my first few years of school, um, I, I, in the Australian educational system at the time, I... Um, had to, well, you see, I qualified for special education, but mostly 15 hours a day out of it. So, so and, um, but I, in the end, I only ever got about three, and I was, like, mostly treated like every other student in the school. That was the bad thing about the Australian educational system at the time, was that they didn't really, they, they considered disabled students to be the exact same as everyone else. So I was given the exact same amount of work to do, in the exact same amount, in the exact same time frame as everyone else, and that was difficult for me. Okay. So, thanks, Josh. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, and also when it comes to like why this is part of the reason why I joined MU in the first place was just like with you, I um, I originally I I well you see I'm a very good speaker I'm not nervous when I speak and no you're not <laughs> yeah. and I and I and I like most normal people I don't get stage fright easily yeah. when I'm speaking so that's why I joined MUM because I felt and I'm good at current affairs and politics and things like that that's all my thing that's all my jam and so that's and so that's why I joined MUM as a delegate was because I couldn't be press. I couldn't be press because that would involve too much writing, and I can only do so much. And that would involve, you know, outside, outside looking in. I, I actually wanted to take part in the thing. So, delegate was the best thing because I could, you know, stand there, represent the community, 
and also represent other countries in which disabled rights was a huge thing because then I could I saw myself looking into the country that I'm representing trying to put myself into their shoes and understand why the why they did all this thing like that like just things that I represented Turkey which you know is good in terms of disabled rights they still in the you know with the whole Erdogan thing and that's part of the reason why I wanted to travel the world just like you like one time like someday I'll turn up so, I know, but we've got to wrap up. I know. So, and, oh, right. And there's one more thing that Chris Yeah. No, I, um, I wanted to. So this is my sweater. Yeah. And I have my logo, my logo on it. And uh, so if I can, you know, basically the guy with the arms and legs uh, can travel the world and work on a farm, whatever. Anybody's capable of absolutely anything. And I think once you have that mindset, Oh, the whole world is, is possible, so it's the tree of life, but instead of leaves, it's uh, the yeah. continent. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a map of the world. So I brought you one, and I'm Thank hoping, you. really hoping, <laughs> that it's. Uh, I've subscribed to your YouTube channel. <laughs> Did you? Awesome! Awesome! <laughs> Thanks, mate. No worries. So, and I've also liked your website, by the way. <laughs> I know, we felt like stalkers for a little while. We were morally checking you out. Shall I, Sorry. Shall I stop Sorry. the recording already? Josh, Josh, yeah. take a look. So yeah, there's yours. Thank you. And uh, I don't know, it's a medium? Is yeah. that going to fit you already? It's a medium. Try it out, Josh. Shall I stop the recording yeah. for